Hello, this is Brad with Peaks Podcast, episode 33. And this is an exciting episode for those of you that have been following. Anyhow, I hope you're enjoying our series on Vincent. Today, we have encountered several small miracles that are going to be discussed. I wake up in the morning to an actual fire drill. The fire drill is the weather has broke and we have a window. I repeat, we have a weather window. The clamor around camp is exciting and exhilarating as everybody readies their gear. There are only 26 souls down here that have been stranded with myself for quite some time. One group over six days. They've missed all their flights. They are going to incur lots of uh, charges to rebook. And I am basically right on the cusp of doing the same with my booking, flying out on the 22nd today is the 21st of January now what are the odds that I could go from base camp to Union Glacier Union Glacier to Punta Arenas in the same day extremely low extremely low well let's go on with the story so we pack up our gear And we're on the third wave, as I've discussed previously. Third wave isn't good because two otters come in, then two otters go out with, let's say, about 20 people or 18. Then the otter has to go all the way back to Union Glacier, then fly all the way back to base camp. It's about a two-hour turnaround and uh, we are awaiting the arrival of the otters. Now, one thing that's been a little disheartening is the communication. We hear various stories that the airplanes are flying, the airplanes will arrive at eight, eight comes and goes, So this is a little gut-wrenching as far as an exercise. The first planes come in, and that would secure our position after they return. So anyhow, the uh, runway has fresh powder um, because of all the snow during this the weather activity we've been discussing. So it's going to be pretty cool when they get here. We pack all of our gear. We do not pack the dome tent yet because if we get stuck, that dome tent is a big exercise to put back up. So we leave the dome tent up and we do break down our tents. 
and pack that up. We also prepare the cache, which is a lot more work. You'll remember the 12 foot deep hole we dug to find our gear. Well, it was a little too deep, so we had to fill it in. And uh, <laughs> during that process, we actually filled it too much. So then we have to dig it out again. But anyhow, say la vie in the mountains. It is good exercise. And uh, we all work together, even though it's a little frustrating to redig what we just filled in. The gash is ready. We will proceed to fill it as we get notice of the otters. So the whole camp's waiting on pins and needles as to the otter arrival. And then on the horizon, I hear somebody shout out that they've spotted the otter. I couldn't see it at first. I was not looking in the right direction, but uh, finally it came into view. And I'll tell you, the, the excitement of seeing that otter come over the horizon of glacial glacial ice pack was amazing we get down near the runway to watch her land and as she lands a big puff of powder deploys where the skis hit the surface and then I know things are going our way now interestingly enough so the first group's all staged ready to get on the planes real quickly because you know Time is of the essence. We hear the Aleutian, which is the transport plane from Union Glacier to uh, Punta Arenas, is waiting on the Blue Ice runway. But of course, we have no confirmation of this, and all the details are rather sketchy, to say the least. So, the plane unloads, and off comes this fellow with an ALE guide. And he looks quite familiar. Um, but I don't say anything. And, you know, he's very flamboyant and uh, a tall fellow. Uh, he's obviously been on the ice because uh, his face is all weathered and uh, scarred up with uh, sunburn. And as the story goes... I believe his name is Kevin Allen. I've got him in my contacts. And he is a world-famous explorer who takes father, son, daughter, mom on their first right trips. So, for instance, he's Australian. Uh, they would parachute off in the middle of the desert in Australia uh, hike and live off the land with the father and son to create a bond and uh, really stress or you know work the relationship on survival. Perhaps visit some uh, indigenous Aboriginal uh, cave dwellings, and he does these all over the world, all over the world. Super fascinating fellow, and. Uh, as it turns out, 
when I was discussing with him all these uh, trips he does, it turns out he's going over to Bhutan. So I turned him on to uh, our the guide we used in Bhutan, Kip Chu, one of the finest in the country, if not the finest, who actually tours the uh, king around when he uh, is out and about his country. So he loves that little piece of information because he's going to Bhutan. And then right after, ironically, he's heading to Papua New Guinea, Karstens. So it sounds like we will be in Papua at the same time in a couple short months. So it's quite interesting how things work out. I'm all excited to uh, hear about his deal. Oh, yeah. So why was he in South, at the South uh, Antarctica? He took a trip and it was assisted with two other fellows. They went from the coast of Antarctica all the way to the South Pole, 54 days. And I can't even believe this, but apparently, you know, the cold extreme weather over a long period of time can have a horrible impact on your uh, inner thigh, and he has this, uh, and uh, and so did uh, another person we met, had this, it's called the black muscle, black fat, where your actual, your skin, your fat uh, on your thigh turns black, and it's almost like a rot. It sounds bloody horrible, and uh, this guy had it, and he was describing it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, thank God we didn't have that on Vincent. You know, we're not, you know, we were only, you know, a week or two, as opposed to 54 days on his adventure. So anyhow, uh, we'll be looking forward to seeing him in the near future. So the first set of otters takes off with the group, and that's our cue to get to work. Hustle, hustle, hustle. We have our last coffee, breakfast, and uh, pack up the big dome, our luxury accommodations. And we stow it in the big uh, plastic containers they look like a big keg blue keg plastic keg anyhow we stick those down in the hole with a bunch of duffels and we're ready to rock we stage all our gear and flying out with us is the group who's been stuck for six days and they or no that no no uh, actually they went on the first flight we went out with another group and uh, there comes in the otter there goes out our team probably one of the uh, best feelings I've felt in uh, quite some time we're off in the air the views are amazing I get a great seat kind of in the exit row you know it's only a nine passenger plane but I have a great opportunity to take a bunch of pictures, which will be 
featured at peakspodcast.rocks in the near future. So, the big day continues. We fly all the way to Union Glacier. We get off at Union Glacier, the the Otter Lands, because it's smaller, at uh, right at the base camp, not out on the Blue Ice Runway. And we get out, and of course, there's Evie and Carol, our uh, guest hosts, and they're all bundled up and re- receiving and weighing our baggage for the sequential trip to Punta Reynas. It looks like this miracle is working. <clears throat> they tell us we have about an hour. They feed us heavily. And we just relax in the big dining tent. Our first opportunity to, you know, kind of just chill. Uh, we charge up all our phones because golly only knows. But the adventure continues. We are told to get on going. It's about 3 p.m. And we load up in the big ALE 4x4s. And I mean, these are monsters. They look like that vehicle off of the, the truck shows that where they crawl over other vehicles, if you know what I'm talking about. The wheels alone are probably five feet high. Anyhow, <clears throat> I get in, and uh, I'm uh, seated alone. Everybody else is paired up. And so this big fellow comes on. I'm thinking at first, oh, boy, this is going to be kind of crowded. And he looks at me and says, hey, can I sit here? And I say, yeah, of course. Well, guess what? It's not just anybody. This is Mike Donahue. The owner of ALE. The owner. Sits down next to me and just starts chit-chatting about my experience. I'm like, it was so surreal talking to him all about the early days when he set up the business. Why he's based out of Salt Lake. Parachuters that died. The, I think it was a DC-10 plane crash a cocky pilot that crashed five miles outside of ALE camp Union Glacier just 20 minutes non-stop stories of course I uh, hope to see Mike again he's a real gentleman and uh, he has a fabulous operation but we pull into Blue Ice Runway, and uh, without a bunch of monkey business, we load the plane. The Big Illusion, 1992 manufactured and Russian made, and still looks as old as the uh, when we flew the same plane we flew in on. Anyhow. Uh, the uh, <clears throat> after some uh, going on, the uh, we rev the engines and bam, off the runway. I would have never guessed this, but we are headed to Punta Arenas all in the matter of one day. 
it just goes to show how things can change from really horrible to incredible. So we fly, I take off my triple boots, the real warms, take off the down jacket, put on my sneakers for Punta Reynas, and we land, and of course, in their usual efficient way, ALE has everything figured out. Our bags arrive at this hotel before us. Our bag that we left cashed is already in the room when we arrive. I don't know how they do this, but they are so efficient. It's like a Swiss clock. Everything is timed perfectly. So we get to Punta Reynas and... Let me tell you what. Our hotel is a bomb. It's in the historic district. It's uh, the best in town. And I get to take my first bath in weeks. The water is sludge brown by the time I finish. And it feels so good. Of course, by now it's 10 p.m. And I'm supposed to meet my team for our farewell dinner which isn't going to be much of a farewell dinner because there's not any place open at that late, but we all meet up and uh, carry on to the wee hours in the morning. And uh, all I got to say, what a great trip and what a great way to end. Seven Summits Peak number five, Vincent. Hits the record books feeling very blessed to have all the people that made this possible. Family, friends, climbing buddies in Colorado, uh, my new team here, and uh, the whole ALE, Mountain Trips groups, the Foreman 7 fundraiser, all these components intermingled came together to make Vincent possible and now I will make my way back to the United States and say goodbye to beautiful Chile I am gonna miss Chile I'm gonna miss a lot of things about this beautiful part of the world please if you do nothing else get on out there and explore there's so many cool things just around the corner. Don't worry. Get that first foot out the door and enjoy good old Mother Nature. I'll be doing uh, future wrap-up episodes, but for right now, I just want to say thank you, viewing audience, for your uh, support. Please send me any comments. Peaks Podcast. Uh, once again, my mission is to help educate, help people understand what big mountain climbing is about. I hope I've uh, been able to give you a little bit of uh, information that you may not have known. And a big shout out to all the people that made Vincent possible. We love you. I love you. This is Peaks Podcast and Brad signing off. Have a great day and listen up for future episodes.
Bye-bye.